do 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 dum dum do 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 Welcome back, Daniel, to another episode of Mentality Div. I'm your host, Dax, with my other host. I'm I'm Zion, yeah. And uh, what are we going to be talking about today, Zion? I don't know. I, we could stick to um, something that has to do with having a better mentality about things. I have made no plans uh, for this. Me neither. I don't know. I, I, did, I, I haven't made plans since the first episode. <laughs> Let's talk about being prepared. Let's talk about being prepared. Ironic. Do you think that being prepared is necessary? In most cases. I think it's not necessary, but essential. What's the difference between... Uh, essential and necessary necessary is you can maybe get by without it there's there's no fatal error you can walk out of the room go put on a different color shirt and come back in but essential is if you walk into the room not not wearing a shirt at all then there's no way in hell you're getting that job it's essential Mm. you know yeah 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 you can't show up to an interview shirtless and then be like, hold on, give me a moment. I wasn't prepared. Walk out of the room, put a shirt on, go back in, and have everything be fine. Just doesn't work like that. Do you ever plan out your time? Uh, frequently. I just don't really write it down. I, I keep it mentally tracked. Mentally tracked? Yes, of where I'm going to be and what I'm going to be doing. Mm-hmm. especially if it's something with an assigned due date right like in uh in a lot of my classes there are uh are things where you have to attend a lecture and the lecture will help you with your homework in some way uh throughout the course of the lecture i will spend my time trying to complete the homework as much as possible and that involves reading through the homework being prepared to go into that class and finish the homework based off what they tell you. Mm. And most of the time, I get most of the way through the homework due to this, while other people just go into class, take notes like usual, and then their homework is a lot more than what I have by the end of the class. So you're doing your homework as it goes? Yes. Like, recently, I had an assignment where I had to go in and... uh, summarize some some lecture by some 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 famous smart guy basically Mm -hmm. and i went to that lecture by that famous smart guy and i went in summarizing the lecture as he gave it rather than just taking notes that i would then have to uh form into a summary later okay seems like it works and with your mental uh, keeping track of, I guess, uh, things you have to do, do you ever, has there ever been moments when you just kind of like lose track of stuff? You, you forget about something? Oh, all the time. All uh, the time? Most of the time, I keep track of everything. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I lose track of one thing or another thing. 
and then I have a plan for that, which is you, you, you do the correct operation, call in, do whatever you need per incident. Right. Do you think that writing down things um, that you need to keep track of would help you? Uh, yeah, and it has helped me because I have done it before. If I, why, if I have, why do you not do than, it more consistently? Uh, because I don't need to write things down if it's only three things that I keep track of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, on rare occasion, do I ever forget to do something that I haven't written down? Right, right. But if I have like seven or eight things to do in like a day or a week or three days or whatever it is, I'll I'll write it down on a whiteboard. Because realistically, I won't need it past the seven days or however far out that I need to write down the plan for. Because there, there's no point in really keeping, uh, keeping an old uh, schedule because likely those events are never going to be due in that order again. Right. There are, is a purpose to keeping plans that you've made, though. Like if you have a yearly trip to the beach... You keep your old itinerary, you adjust it and make it better based off the problems and issues and uh, differences and timings that happened before. That's like a lab procedure. Think You think va vacations are like lab procedures? I do. They're experiments. <laughs> They're experiments? How so? Yes. There's something to be learned. If something goes wrong, you know that for next time. For next time you go there, for next time you do something comparable... Like, if you've got a three-hour drive through Waco, Texas, uh, that three-hour drive could be five hours, and you have to account for that. If you've been through Waco enough times, you can maybe figure out when Waco adds two hours to your trip and when it adds 30 minutes. Hmm. I, I think that, that looking at a vacation analytically like that isn't really necessary. I, I think that's, that's not the point of the vacation. You're, you're out there yeah. to... To spend your time to explore, to look at new things, not optimize the vacation, you know? But you must admit, the difference between a great vacation and a terrible vacation can come down to spending five hours in Waco, Texas on your way to the beach and not making it in time to check into the hotel. Mm-hmm. guess you're right in that regard, yeah. So you have to be particular about certain aspects of the journey like like traveling time like being on time for your plane that's a that's a good way to ruin your whole vacation right not making it into the airport in time to catch a plane exactly uh, that's that's probably that's that's definitely where that um that stereotype of uh arriving at airports at like 5 a.m to catch that flight because you really don't want to miss that there is a purpose to that stereotype Right. Oh, I really wouldn't call it a stereotype. It's more of a. I, I, it's generalization. I don't know. It's like a. I think stereotype is sort of the right word. I think it's a standard operating procedure. <laughs> it's more lab of terms. Of course. More lab terms for me. Love those. Yep. I have um, never really been consistent about writing down shit I have to do. And has that affected you in the past? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I sometimes forget things, or I 
like remember it, but it's not until I'm about to like end up having to do it. So that that does end up harming me in the long run. Um, but I mean, I'm getting through it. I'm surviving. It's but I think that surviving is different than uh, thriving in that sense. So writing down things would definitely help me. I just haven't flipped that switch where I'm motivated to con- to consistently do so. Is there any particular reason why you haven't? Uh, I I don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to? I I there is um there is a threshold. I uh we've discussed this in in one of my classes I'm taking now, attitudes and behaviors about how how someone feels about a particular topic versus someone's um motivation there's like an actual it's not a way to quantify it but there's a way to um define what's what's happening i guess in 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 someone's head when they're thinking about things that would be good for them but just haven't done them yet and part of it has to do with uh influences uh, that they already have their attitude about it and and another really important piece of that is what what's called salient others which would be people that are important to them and their perspectives their values their 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 values about the the particular issue could you give an example of that um I, an example of that would be let's go into the gym yeah they are they have the attitude that the gym is generally beneficial to them that that going to the gym is something that would help them would would keep them physically fit would make them healthier yeah um but that behavioral belief doesn't influence their their actual intention enough for the, for for them to change their behavior and and actually go to the gym there are other aspects of that including what's called the subjective norm which is the perception of how others feel about the the particular behavior um and 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 the others are the the salient others the people that that they find important the people that they want to i guess impress people that they want to uh, make proud so are you is this a suggestion that uh perhaps because your your friends don't go to the gym uh it's difficult for you to go to the gym right like they're, that? They're, they they like the, for someone's behavior to change there needs to be more influences that are external and not internal if if nothing is being done internally you know so and if so if with, someone were to with that in mind mm-hmm. would it be possible to create external effects for yourself to uh force a change in behavior yes that that, that is definitely possible but part of that comes with that like that that also comes with a whole nother separate evaluation of the the motivation to do the action to help you do the the first section you know no no i, no. I it's 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 really hard to visualize because it's like a fucking chart 
<laughs> I have it on. I'm looking at it. <laughs> so what the chart is called is the the theory of planned behavior, which essentially is how someone's influences internally and externally basically control their intention and their behavior with the with the going to the gym thing there is another part of it which uh, which is called the perceived behavioral control which is the how much they feel that they have control over the situation because if someone feels like they're being forced to do something their attitude of it flips it flips and they they hate that shit so it's like 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 when like mom when asks you, you to when, when mom yeah, asks you exactly. to do the dishes versus when you say you know what i'm gonna do the dishes today exactly exactly your attitude towards the behavior flips because that perceived control it's gone it's gone you have no control over the action because you've just been told to do the action right yeah um the there is another factor which is the efficacy beliefs which is basically how how effective how effective you believe that going to the gym would be for you i mean everyone knows going to the gym is effective that's it's not a hard thing to argue about that so it really comes it really comes down to it really comes down to the subjective norm the the um external people getting you to get to the gym so if someone were to let's say wake up at 7 a.m and wake say, up hey, at 7 a.m and say hey let's go to the gym you're yeah. more likely to do that and if that becomes a habit then you're more likely to do that without someone breathing down your neck about it 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 takes um it takes all three of those for someone to to truly have the intention to change their behavior and and it's simple enough in a, in a chart form. It's just hard to explain. I guess my next question is, uh, do you want to play some tennis? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, let's, I mean, yes. Let's play some tennis. Yeah, you have effectively changed my subjective norm by by making it a habit of 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 in of forcing me to play some play some tennis. Well, not forcing Wake up at 7 me, but you, 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 you not forcing me because and... because I have enough I have enough procedural per perceived behavioral control where my attitude for it isn't fucked because I mean I can say no, but it's just like I know that there are benefits. That if you wake up at 7 a.m. and you're feeling okay and not terribly fucking seasick or washed or something. Yeah, might as well, you know. That was a good time, right? Exactly. My next step is to get you to play tennis in the afternoons. Oh, yeah. When it is getting out. it is getting cooler out. And it is getting cooler now. Oh, yeah. Afternoon tennis um, in the is winter feasible. times is actually so fun. So great. It's like cloudy and and the sun is is not too crazy bright. But like you can't like blind yourself by looking up. It's it's so great. Winter time is kind of great. What's your favorite season? Fall. Fall. Yeah. Why? Uh, it has all the benefits of springtime temperatures, uh, without all the bugs and without all the pollen and allergens and all the annoying shit about being outside. 
Except for like rain, but you know, the what's rain going to do? Spring without the spring? Spring without all the biological uh, <laughs> annoyances. You don't like nature, dude? What's wrong with nature? Oh, nature's cool. I just prefer my nature with... I, I prefer low-carb nature, you know? Low-carb nature? Low-carb so nature. So you, you, um, you are one of those people that, that gets, uh, gets all fucked up over pollen? Uh, just a little bit. You know, I, just a little bit? It, it makes breathing a lot less fun. Put it like that. Is breathing fun? I try to view everything that uh, happens uh, repetitively, redundantly, as fun as I can make it. You know, <laughs> think blinking is fun. Oh fuck yeah, I blink all oh, the yeah. time. Oh yeah, it I, must I be blink. Fun. I I really like blinking. Blinking is really fun. I blink more than more than minutely, probably. And if I'm doing it that much, then it must be fun. That is true. It's hmm. a good way to think about things. If you're doing it that much, it must be fun. Yeah. Does fun have a definition? Certainly. Uh, the enjoyment, amusement, or lighthearted pleasure. Hmm. A lot of lighthearted pleasure out of blanket. <laughs> I get some lighthearted pleasure out of breathing. Hell yeah. You blink in people's directions and they can blink in your direction, you know, then it's a whole social thing. And then when you when you don't blink, it's unfun. It's it's very unenjoyable. It's yeah. not very pleasurable. But there's also fun in that. If you make it into a social thing, like a staring contest. Like a staring contest? Staring contest can be so depending on how you blink, it can be fun or not. Context. Context. Driving can be fun if it's three AM and there are no cars on the road. And driving can oh. be terrifying if it's uh rush hour and the road is covered in ice and sleet 515 yeah <laughs> or just driving at 515 that's also not quite as fun driving at 515 sucks you drive at 515 a lot um i used to uh, a couple summers ago i had an internship in the middle of houston about well a little bit to the west of the middle of houston okay well that's your first problem you're driving in houston <laughs> you know, I, mean, I mean driving in dallas is not that much better i bet it in houston uh, you get used to it if you live there yeah yeah everyone says that like the the other metropolitan's um highways are trash compared to mine the only place that's true is lubbock i don't even I don't even know if I've been to Lubbock. I can't even remember Lubbock. Lubbock has some crazy good city planning going on. Oh. The The whole city is fucking set up like a grid, and they've got an inner loop highway and an outer loop highway, so you can get oh. anywhere in Lubbock in whatever amount of time. That's dope. Yeah, Houston's got a, an inner and outer loop. It's just kind of... Shitty. It's just kind of bad. It's just kind of bad. Well... And that internship that was almost in the middle of the city, I had to take the outer loop around from my suburb in the south of the city. Um, and it was, it, I mean, like every day for three months, it was, it was kind of like a nine to five and I was getting banked, but there was crazy traffic because 
I was going up there at the times when people would go to work. <laughs> uh, that that gave me insight about. I used to be like, oh yeah, it's summer break. No one else is working, right? Because I'm a fucking little baby boy student. But no, people people work during the summer. Did crazy. That is crazy. That's crazy. How how the world still goes when school's out. It's it's almost like we still need goods and services. No shot. Of, regardless of if class is in session or yeah ain't that something crazy ain't that crazy you ever um you ever think about being like a delivery truck driver when i when i say delivery truck i mean like a like like the like the like the, like the, uh, like the semi truck uh interstate cruising type sh- type shit yeah uh that seems kind of miserable honestly miserable i mean you get paid a lot but you're driving one of the biggest hulkiest things and rain snow sunshine snow or snow you still have to make the delivery true i i mean yeah if 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 the roads are slippery and you 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 mess up then the truck's gone you're done so but other than that you're kind of just like driving in a straight line for hours at a time just just alone with your thoughts or a podcast or music that sounds miserable i think that sounds great honestly i need more than that Uh, i need more than that in terms of like mental stimulation yeah because we we got we got different different brains i'm more i do like i like the quiet more than the loud yeah i'm kind of not in the mood to just you know go into a vegetative state for like you know 10 hours a day or however long they can force truckers to work how long can they force truckers to work there's plenty of laws out there probably they probably can't work more than eight hours a day or some shit or longer than they want i know there are laws about when they have to take breaks Mm-hmm. you ever been to one of those truck stops plenty of them I've been to a few. My um, my dad used to used to be one of those when I was way, 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 way young. But I, I just, I just kind of barely remember riding with him on on just trips. Not really sure how far we went ever or where. I just know what happened. That's exciting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. What's the sandwich of the week? The sandwich of the week. You know what the sandwich of the week is? What is it? It is the sweet and spicy bacon burger from Whataburger. A burger? It's a burger. A burger's a sandwich. Wow. You heard it here, folks. Sweet we've expanded we've expanded the we've expanded the sandwich chart. Isn't that a little early? Mm, I don't think that going from sandwich to burger is a little early. I mean, I suppose among things that can be claimed as sandwiches, burgers are probably one of the easier jumps. Right. You ever had a sweet, sweet and spicy bacon burger? Because I know I've had it around you, but I don't remember you ever ordering it. I think I may have had one. We'll we'll get one tonight. Yeah, we'll get that? one tonight. 
Do you know how you felt about it when you got it? I feel like it was like eating a hamburger with barbecue sauce on it. Just a little bit strange and a little bit unfamiliar, but overall not terrible. That is... Wait, you don't eat hamburgers with barbecue sauce normally? No. That is the thing I love, dude. I make a hamburger. I put cheese, lettuce, barbecue sauce, seasoning, and I'm done. Perfect burger. Amazing. Bussin'. You're the kind of guy to put barbecue barbecue sauce on a sandwich. Uh, yeah. On a on a sandwich with uh a ham uh a, a a beef patty. You're also the kind of guy to put barbecue sauce on baked potatoes. True. Wait, that's really good. What's your obsession with barbecue sauce on everything? Not everything on certain things. Or it's just good, you know? It's I bet good. you like barbecue chips, too. Barbecue chips are amazing, yes. Do you not like barbecue chips? They're pretty good. Oh. They're, they're a little strangely sweet, you know? I feel like barbecue chips don't really do the... Uh, I like, I like, the, I the like more when tangy. the barbecue sauce is sweet. Uh, I, I don't think that barbecue chips do the, the tangy element of barbecue sauce enough justice. Mm-hmm. Probably not. They're still good, though. Yeah. You ever had like, well, probably not. But you ever had like a, a loaded baked potato with like pulled pork in it, cheese, barbecue sauce, chives, sour Never cream. Never pulled pork. Oh my god! I've had one with all of that except for the pulled pork. Wait, so I think that was because I made that for you one time. No, man. Or you just do oh. that. A regular ass loaded baked potato minus the pulled pork is pretty standard. You ever had one with meat at all? Meat? I mean, like bacon bits and like bacon slices. Oh, okay. cut up. But yeah. Yeah. otherwise, we're going to we're gonna have to get you one with pulled pork. All right. Well, yeah. Let's do that sometime. Yeah, of course. That was a sandwich of the day. Whoosh. You want to talk about pop culture? What about pop culture? What about pop culture? Um, is, is there a pop artist in particular? Are we talking about the artist form of pop culture or the consumer form of pop culture? I'm talking about the consumer form of pop culture. Well, what's the difference? Can you define that for me? Because I, well, I did, I did confuse, my, confuse myself. Right there. Pop culture has two steps and it's, uh, it's creation. There are creators and consumers... Uh, an example of a creator would be, you know, anyone who uploads videos to Vine, and a consumer right. would be the people who say this bitch empty, yeet, and reference the Vine all the time. They're <laughs> perpetuating pop culture. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, the uh, consumer side of pop culture. Do you think that streaming services are um, harmful to society? Uh. I don't think I have enough information to really understand how they uh, they may or may not be. Let me rephrase the question. Do you feel like um, us as a society put too much value on entertainment? No. No? How so? You can take it all the way back to the Romans, uh, who were arguably one of the most successful... Uh, societies that we have record of 
a very important thing in Roman society and Roman culture was the aspect of bread and circuses, which was uh, everyone goes to the Colosseum, everyone gets some bread, and everyone watches a show. And that was how the population was kept happy. That was how they were able to keep the average layperson uh, more or less uh, supportive of the, the whole system. Because was the bread important part, uh, a por- an important por- part of that? I or mean, I, more I, don't, I don't know for sure, but I do know that the, the gathering aspect, the gathering of people for any purpose that you can really conceive of is good as a whole, at least for that society. Mm-hmm. Because you, you've gathered people for two things that they like. Uh, a show which involves, you know, an obscene amount of violence. Probably, right. maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Or uh, for a snack. And that's also a really good reason to, to gather. And through that uh, entertainment, there is unity. You mentioned that the some of the entertainment or or the the function of it was for unity or keeping people happy do you think yeah. that that it came about like entertainment came about because they didn't want people to just be angry to to revolt to think is it a submissive thing uh you can for sure interpret it as a thing of uh a thing of control and uh population uh influence however you cannot deny that uh any intelligent creature has needs for mental stimulation right we all need uh mental stimulation of some some level of that and uh any uh authority figure that's able to take advantage of the human need for mental stimulation in a way that creates a unified society is uh doing the part that they need to in order to keep their society running okay it's a necessary uh I, I'm not even going to call it an evil because I, I wouldn't say it's an evil. It's a, it's a service. A service? Yeah. Do you think you and a group of your friends could just pull together enough resources to uh, generate a whole entertainment uh, that's, that's large enough to reach uh, a whole society in the way that, say, a Coliseum or you know Netflix or something? has it, it probably not it would require an insane amount of resources which is why it's often governments and corporations and things that are supported by governments and corporations that are able to uh generate these entertainment platforms like even our podcast here relies on the uh the monetary capital and other capital provided by the very streaming services that we upload to. Do you think that 
corporations and governments that that support these kind of efforts? Do you think they 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 try to take advantage of that to try to control people in ways that are malicious? That's a stupid question. <laughs> I I I want to discuss it though. You you'd be I, dumb I, not to try to push your agenda with a platform like that. Right. And if your agenda is just making as much money as possible and just crank and, out I as mean, many mobile an, games as possible yeah, that's and put another as many ads agenda, on as possible. Yeah. Right? Exactly. But your agenda can be something else entirely too. If you were the leader of a country or a big corporation, yeah. What would your agenda be? What would my agenda be? Yeah. Do you have an agenda now? As a college student without power? Yeah. Or would your agenda change if you gained power? My agenda would stay about the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's a very general purpose, which is just create a more livable world. Okay. Make, make things more enjoyable, make things more approachable, accessible, you know, just more fun. Right? Because what's the point other than have fun, right? What's the point? Yeah, what's the point? Of living? Of existing? That's a little too existential. Say that for next episode. (laughs) We'll get existential next time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But for now, having fun. Having fun's great. Having fun is great. That's part of the definition. A jolly sense of whimsy and enjoyment. Lighthearted pleasure. Lighthearted pleasure. That's the wording. (laughs) I think I want to go a little evil on my agenda. You know? Would you right now right now my agenda is uh cash money and probably using my cash money to support the less fortunate. That's my agenda right now. If I got power though if I got power though. Yeah. My agenda would be fuck the cash less money. Cash money and fuck the less fortunate. Or I say this cash money. Huh? Cash money is a means. Cash money is a means to an end to me. What what is it to you? What is it used for? If you have an obscene amount of wealth, what good is money? That is a great question. I have uh, reevaluated um, what I'm thinking in my head, and I don't think that cash money is as important as um, I think it is. Think that um, the kind of society that we live in puts a lot of value on money because it, it, I mean it is valuable. It's a means to an end. It's it's a means to an end. It's a um, it's a currency that could be exchanged for goods and services, which of course make the world go round. Which of course make the world go round. And don't stop during summer. When school's not in session. <laughs> right, the world still goes. What if the world stopped? That'd be weird. Oh, there's actually plenty of videos about that. About how, you know, we'd all fly off due to momentum. The world stopped. Uh... There's also different videos about the societal interpretation of if the world stopped. <laughs> but I think Great. the physics is more fun. <laughs> I like the physics. So I'm going to focus on that one. Because it's more fun. 
<laughs> right. It's all about the fun, right? Yeah. Maybe my purpose, if I got big and I had power, would be fun. Or making sure everyone's having fun. Making sure everyone's having fun. Because that's what matters. I'd probably I'd probably do some selfish philanthropy if I was crazy rich. What do you mean? I'd, I'd give away money to to people who needed it, of course. And then I'd feel good about myself for doing that. And I'd do it to feel <laughs> yeah. good about myself. <laughs> you do as, it just to feel good about yourself? As much as I'd like to admit that I'm doing it for them, right. I'd realistically probably do it just to feel good about myself. Do, 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 do you... Would you care about your public image? Uh, it depends on if my public image made me feel good about myself. It probably if, would. If I feel reading like, an I mean... article about how Dax is the coolest and best philanthropist <laughs> known to man, that, right. that would probably make me feel good about myself. That would, okay, yeah, okay. And that'd be a lot of fun to read, right? I mean, if everyone was, was on you in uh, social media about how this rich asshole is uh, only doing philanthropy, to feel good about himself. Um, would that make you feel good about yourself? Would you change? I bet a lot of people would also just be like, that's based. <laughs> that's based as and, fuck. In reading the comments from the lay people instead of from the, the big reporters right. would make me feel good about myself. Oh, okay. Ignore the big reporters. The people really matter. Yeah, it's not about the journalists, it's about the people who read the journals. Exactly. Because, I mean, the journalists, they kind of just put out what causes a stir. I think journalists skate the line of wanting to be ethical and wanting to make money. You know a lot so... about that, don't you? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm learning about that shit now. It's It's terrible. It's terrible. Um, I had a discussion with some of my art friends, or or so, some of my friends. I don't even remember who we talked, who I talked about it with. But we were discussing if I would make designs for terrorist organizations if I made yeah. big books. I think you were talking to me about that one. Okay. Um. At least I heard the, some part of the conversation. The, the consensus that I came up with was, hell yeah. If my name wasn't attached to it. And I think if my name wasn't attached to it is a big is is a big part of that. Because if I don't want my name attached to it, I know it's unethical to support that, but I'm doing it for money. And if if I say that I'm that I want to design ethically, if I want to work ethically, then that is completely breaking my uh, my moral values. Do you feel like pen names as an institutional thing have affected the overall morality of writers? I'm sorry, I don't know what I don't know what a pen name is. A pen name is a name that isn't you know your full name, your first name, whatever. Oh, you're morality writing under writers? you're yes. you're writing yes. under a fake name. Basically, I think that's definitely affected the morality of writers. I think pen names originally came about when when people were were writing because they wanted to, but they didn't want people to know that they were writing because it just kind of wasn't, it wasn't. It looked uh, bad. It, it would look bad on them. But not or because, not because of the content. Hmm? Or they use a pen name to uh, sell more content because uh, at a time, uh, 
if you were a woman and a writer, uh, it was not the place to be. Right. So you use like your husband's name or your your more masculine middle name or something. Like To right. Kill a Mockingbird, uh, author forgot what her name was, but she used a pen name. Well, she used her middle name, which I guess is a pen name, in order to sell more. Harper Lee. Yep. That was yeah. It was published under the name Harper Lee, but what what was her actual name? Uh, Nell. Nell. Nell Harper Lee. Uh, Nell Harper Lee. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's what you do. Because society was uh, a little bit cringe. <laughs> society is still pretty cringe. Misogyny is cringe. Hey, I'm going to put back, a ding guys. there. I'm, I'm... <laughs> How do you feel What's about dings? Dings? Dings. Uh, like dings in a car? Or um, bell dings? Do they spark joy? Dude, you didn't define dings. What do you mean you by gotta, dings? You, you gotta define dings in your answer. I'm not defining it in the question. Jesus Christ. Alright. Um, then I'm thinking of dings as in like a bell ding. Like the sound ding. Like, a, like the onomatopoeia. Yeah. I think the There's context on whether it sparks joy or not. Um, a ding if it's your check engine light, probably yeah, not sparks joy. Probably not. A ding if it's your phone from that that one girl from down the street who's got the really nice hair. I don't know. That's that'll that's that'll she... probably spark joy. But it, in in horror movies, they use dings sometimes. As like a background music sort of thing, and it's pretty intense, or like a or something. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> or that ding, which doesn't really spark joy or uh, your number or anger, or the opposite. I think I think the the Among Us dings. It's probably like a a neutral a neutral ding. There's a there's a scale of dings. A blank slate ding. <laughs> the blank slate. The blank slate ding. A tabula we, we rasa ding. We will deem that the neutral ding. What do you think about transition noises that include dings? Those are really cool. I use those all the time. I just used one. Like, I don't know, a minute ago. Play, play your favorite ding sound right here. <laughs> All right, I'll put it. I'll put it just like right here. Okay. I I hope everyone feels happy about that ding. I haven't heard it yet, but that was I'm probably sure like one of those. Yeah, that was definitely a spark joy ding. I made that one myself. Did you? Wow. I did. That's true. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Thank you. I love the part where it goes. Yeah, that was that this was like is, my favorite part. This is gonna be an odd section, cause we're cause we're talking backwards. We're talking about things that haven't happened yet, but did they I mean, happen yet? 
That's just talking about the future. Anyone can talk about the future. That's not weird. Where will you be in five years? Uh, I will be, uh, uh, I don't know. Highly positioned. Highly positioned. Do you think that we as a society uh, have placed a lot of value on work? Yeah. In in the in the economy that we live in, work is is, is essential to survive. Work um, has always been essential to survive. In any economy, since the beginning of True. life. Um. There's a there's a biological thing about how you have to expand energy in order to have enough energy to live and grow, and get things from your environment. Do you think that? old people that have retired that their their want to work comes from habit or because of values placed upon them the thing about old people wanting to work is that they themselves are still deeming themselves uh in need of mental stimulation as i've said before mm-hmm. and there's also a need to feel productive do you ever just get those times where you're like, damn, I really got to fucking accomplish something. Uh, and you need that sense of accomplishment. That's true of anybody with a functioning biological system, right? Right. And so an old person who hasn't worked for a while is going to want to work because they need that sense of accomplishment, need that sense of purpose. And nothing gives you a sense of purpose and accomplishment like work do you think that not working is boring can i think it, get it boring? can i think it can get pretty repetitive and pretty boring mm-hmm. because if you're only i'm going to call them assignments for the purpose of language if your only assignments are completing the daily new york times crossword and maybe going out to golf with friends that can be fun for month a year depends on the person but eventually you're gonna want to do something new like pick up a new hobby a new uh something and for some people that's going to get a 15 dollar an hour job at walmart (laughs) and for others it's being a a guest at a university to give a lecture on something that was uh, important 40 years ago. So we find things to do because otherwise we wouldn't be stimulated enough? Yep. Okay. I mean, some people are perfectly content with retirement because they they have enough to do. Their brain works in that way to where their need for mental stimulation is uh, calibrated right for retirement. I think it takes a certain brain to to fully retire. Yeah, it takes a certain mentality. Hmm. Guess yeah. You need some form of fulfillment, and that fulfillment can come from uh, spending time with family, or going back to the workforce, or anything in between. Some people are perfectly content with being called peepaw, and, you know, others 
go back to work. <laughs> do you do you want your grandkids to call you something? You got a nickname for yourself? No, I I haven't gotten that far. I just want them to call me from time to time. They haven't called in so long. Oh yeah, my my grandkids haven't called in so long. I gotta call my grandma. I gotta call mine too, but yeah, it's been a while since I've called them. And by a while, I mean I don't think I've ever called them. Jeez, come on, man. Yeah, I mean I've I've called them like with my with my parents, right? Mm-hmm. But I haven't like called them on my own, right? Yeah, I get you. I don't know. I don't. Um, I don't, I don't really know them like that. Oh. You know, I, I yeah, see them during holidays, certain... and that's about it. Oh yeah, takes a certain uh, grandparent relationship. Yeah, I'm also not that kind of person. You're not the kind of guy to call. Not the kind of call, guy to call people for like. Here's how my life's been going. Like. It's even difficult for me to to call my own parents. Like uh, I love them, they're great, they're fantastic. I'm just not really the kind of person that can go, "Hey, how's it going?" Uh my life has been and I've been doing, you know. Why? I just it doesn't feel right. It feels awkward. I always like get so nervous dialing in the number or getting ready to call that I just God, I can't you know mm-hmm. but but I do anyways because those are my parents and I'm close enough to them that I can push myself past that barrier but I can't really do right. that with like my grandparents right with um with friends do you feel the same thing like like someone that you haven't seen in a while from like I don't know high school or like maybe in the future do uh you... yeah like you, you feel like calling and checking in on someone that's not as like like not a family member, but someone you knew. Is that a, yeah. is that the same feeling? Unless I can reasonably be like, "Hey, I'm in town. What plans do you have? Let's catch up." Mm-hmm. Then I can't really like go out of my way and call them and be like, "Hey, I I was just thinking about you, and uh, I, I, how have you been? Right, right." Because that just feels weird it definitely feels weird to me checking checking up on people but i do i do see the the value in it but i haven't hit that i haven't hit that threshold i don't like i need to go through the next stage of maturity to get there right Mm -hmm. i think eventually i'll 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 definitely get better at calling people because i want to i mean like if if I have enough of a, a shove, I can do it. Like, like if it's Grandpa's birthday, I'll give him a call. But I can't just, like, it's October. Let's give Grandpa a call. <laughs> Happy October, <laughs> Grandpa. <laughs> right. Speaking of which, I gotta call my parents. I haven't called them this week. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of people have really long conversations with their parents. Hmm. Do you have really long conversations with your parents? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. My conversations are like 15 minutes or less. 
did I, I i i talked to my mom yesterday or some shit how long was that call let me see rough at rough guess uh, probably like 30 40 minutes jesus what do you even talk about for that long that's a whole podcast episode wait right actually there. actually we were talking for an hour what the fuck <laughs> a whole podcast right there um i don't know man it's just uh, different different relationships have a different kind of deal going it, with my parents is all just like hey uh i've been good uh my classes are going well and uh <laughs> nothing else to report ma'am ma'am <laughs> no not 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 really that formal but yeah i, I... from what i got from what what you've talked about uh, of your dad you make uh, conversations with him sound like you're giving a a fucking military briefing (laughs) (laughs) you met my dad the other day yeah uh we didn't talk much because we're watching tv but but yeah he seemed um tall he was yeah he's he's pretty long (laughs) yeah i i love my parents i'm just terrible at talking to them yeah i get it i just i don't know what to ask right do you want to to get better i do Mm -hmm. it's just like the other day they showed me this trick with a straw that you like wrap it up create a create a vacuum create a pocket of air in there and then have someone else flick it and it makes this huge popping sound i didn't know that at all and they're like Wow, well, we, we didn't teach you anything, huh? And I was like, yeah, and I want to know more. I just don't know what to ask. And that, that really characterizes the, the issue. Cause that's that's it, the issue? Have you, have you heard that, uh, the, those jokes about how, like, oh, when I, when I was 19, I, I knew everything. And then, and, and then I turned 25, and, you know, my, my dad started making sense. He seemed to know what he was talking about in that time. About how, like, it's about how at a certain stage of your development between, like, 18 and 25, uh, especially young men, don't your really... Your frontal connects. Don't really know uh, that their parents know all this knowledge and don't really have the ability to really, like, get the knowledge that they need. They don't really consult their parents enough. And then when they turn 25, they realize, oh, shit, why haven't I been consulting my parents this whole time? They're so smart. Oh, my God. I know that my parents are smart as fuck. I just don't know how to extract their knowledge. <laughs> just take their knowledge. I don't know how. Like, there should be a way to like write down everything that's in someone's brain. I'd be too easy. That'd be dope. I'd make things too easy. Unmotivated. Unmotivated. Yeah, dude. I that would be really cool science if if that was able to be done. Yeah. That would be really cool science. But it'd be too easy? Yeah, it'd make, it'd make everything too easy. It'd make, uh, it'd make learning it wouldn't, simple. It wouldn't be fun. Yeah. It wouldn't be mentally stimulating. You just fucking stack knowledge, stack knowledge, stack knowledge, share, 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 share. And then all of a sudden, everyone knows the exact same thing, and every, everything's just kind of lame. If everyone knows everything there's no point in talking yeah so back to my point right as soon as you turn 25 you're gonna wake up and your dad's gonna be the smartest man you know 
but you know, I I know that that's gonna happen because that's a thing that happens, right? I just don't know how to get that knowledge. I don't know how to listen yeah. for the for the things that I need to listen to, and I don't know what questions to ask. There's a lot of things that we know are important. We know that should be done or will be done, but right now don't have the the, the power or knowledge to do so. And that kind of sucks. That's really annoying. Thing is, I don't know what I don't know, but I do know that I don't know a lot. I know that there are things that I don't know that I don't know. I just don't know what those things are because I don't know what I don't know. One of these explanations is going to make sense, eventually. Thanks for listening, Daniel. And Zion. I mean, I'm Zion. I'm Dax. <laughs> this, is, this has been Mentality Dip. Thanks for listening. And if you've listened this far, the code word for the week is webcam. 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 Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye.